0: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming and seemingly endless array of devastating news. With the midterm elections right around the corner and the future of America ever uncertain, it's time for you to join me, John DiRola, on my show, The Damage Report, which will be your life raft, helping you not only navigate the headlines, but truly understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Don't just take my word for it. Join in on the fun of the Dragon Squad, where you can become part of our wholesome and amazing community. Create your very own dragon nickname that fits your unique personality and collaborate with fellow progressives in a variety of fun and exciting ways. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.
1: Welcome to Two Women Chatting with Liz and Michelle. Enjoying life in our 50s, we're also empty nesters, looking to reinvent, reset, have fun, and talk about topics with experts and friends that affect us, our kids, and our families. So grab a cover and join us on the sofa for a chat. There's always room for one more. We're not tech savvy, but we do our best. But it's a learning curve. All bumps, clicks, and noises are our own. Come on in and have a seat. So this is a special bonus episode for World Meningitis Day. My wonderful co-host Michelle got to chat with another Michelle, Michelle Bresnahan, who is the founder of A Life for a Cure, the charity that was set up in the memory of her son, Ryan. So let's go straight to the chat with the two Michelles.
2: Hi there, I'm Michelle Bresnahan and um, I'm the founder of our charity, A Life for a Cure that we set up in memory of our most fabulous son, Ryan Bresnahan, who lost his life when he was just 16. It was his birthday, his 16th birthday a couple of weeks before. He lost his life um, within a couple of hours to meningitis B. Ryan was the most wonderful person to be around, never mind being my son. He was just just such a wonderful person to be with funny, caring, kind. He was very talented, he get, He just gave so much. And every opportunity we gave him, he took. And he really did live life to the full. He wasn't ill. He was at the gym the night before he died and um, just woke up the next morning saying he was incredibly tired, which wasn't a surprise. He'd just finished a really busy school term before his GCSE revision and examinations and he just said he was re- felt really really tired and I actually popped out to get him some Lucasaid, and we had a bit of a joke, he was always very, oh gosh he was so generous in his affection towards me and, and anyone he cared for and uh, I popped out to get him some Lucasaid and some of his favourite goodies and unfortunately that was the last time I spoke to him. I returned about an hour later, and found his his uh, dear sister, my amazing daughter Charlotte, on the doorstep. She was thirteen at the time, and she had to phone the ambulance. The paramedics were actually at the bottom of our drive and said, "You know, are you Michelle? Are you Ryan's mother?" And I, immediately, when you see, obviously, that uniform, complete panic, and um, they said, "We we think." Um, Ryan has suspected meningitis and even at that point he 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 wasn't in any fit state to speak to the paramedics did what they they could the helicopter arrived with a doctor and they did take him to the Bristol Royal Infirmary but unfortunately there was there was nothing they could do for him so as you can imagine uh, I mean Ryan was the fittest boy uh, he had a sports scholarship at Clifton College and he he just exuded life i mean he just was you know the epitome of taking everything that was given in given to him so as you can imagine our our world flipped within a couple of hours it's it's interesting I'm often asked of you know when he was ill and you know that that process of waiting to hear the outcome and I was like, there, 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 wasn't, there wasn't that middle bit. It was just fine, and then, and then he was gone. So we, once we'd understood meningitis for a start, I, I mean, certainly my understanding was that it affected babies and toddlers. Um, you know, yourself, Michelle, and you're pregnant. You, you go to classes and you learn about it as a baby. With the glass test, and that was my, my knowledge, uh, and certainly the people around us, so it was it was definitely oh gosh, it was it was definitely too much of a loss to do nothing about it. So we, we set up a life recure uh, actually within a couple of months and focused it on aiming the information at the 15 to 24 year-old group which is the second at risk Mm -hmm. age group that can contract meningitis and and we and we did very much focus that there were other charities at the time that we thought kind of focused on the the baby information awareness but certainly from from people around us we felt there was very much a lack of knowledge including our own obviously of um that the parents and young adults themselves knowing of meningitis so we set up a life for a cure um, back in 2010, and and it's always been our our aim that some good would come from losing Ryan. And um, 12 years on, um, I definitely feel. Obviously, you can't you can't. I'll I'll never know really what could should have happened if someone hadn't have heard Ryan's story and taken action. But certainly from the from the support we've received. We do a number of events every year. We've raised five hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds during those years from just people around us just engaging with the story and I think possibly thinking that that, that could be me and, and, and my son or, or my daughter or my granddaughter and or grandson or nephew or niece, whoever, and, and just taking it on board and taking action, actually, hopefully. On, on what they can do to protect their loved ones. I think one of the most incredible things that you've done as
1: well is to use the platform that you have found yourself on to talk to schools and on radio stations and to really just try and get that message across to parents because I think what I didn't realise until I started researching this is that the ACWY vaccine that kids get about 14 or 15, I think they're offered that on the NHS, but it doesn't cover meningitis B. And I didn't realise that those two things were different and that you have to go and pay to go and get meningitis B at something like £200 per shot for the Mm. two shots. It seems so grossly
2: unfair it's, um, and actually Michelle, it's interesting because it's a very difficult message to condense. When you're doing events, you, you you think I've got to make this clear that they'll go away, not confused. So the first thing as you rightly say is there's two vaccines. So there's the ACWY that you get at school. Please check if you know any young young adult, please check they've had it before they go to university or whatever. And then there's the meningitis B uh, which is what Ryan had, which has only been in existence since 2015. So we didn't have that option. So, again, I would always say inquire about it, make an informed decision about it. Obviously, there is a cost involved. And my side kind of differentiation between the two is that meningitis B, you have to buy it. So, when people's children go to school, even friends of mine who have come to all our events, and they say, oh, Michelle, we've had our vaccine, you know, such and such is protected. I said, but but there's two vaccines. Please don't think that that's it, that you're completely covered. And even then, it's, I mean, it's amazing. It's 85%, which is 85% protection more than Ryan had back in 2010. So it's phenomenal that there is, that vaccine available now but it's just that messaging of you know there are two vaccines to protect you if you can just just make that informed decision yourself on whether you know about get exactly and if you're if you know someone who is going to university in September September is looming very very quickly do it now because it's not always easy to get appointments I can guarantee I'm very fortunate in that I'm still very friendly with all of Ryan's friends so I've seen them all go through uni and I've seen Charlotte's friends go go through uni and they will not have it when they're at uni they need to do it when they're at home with a bit of bit of a nudge from their parents so that is that's really key and actually I know where vaccinations are mentioned every day on the on you know in, in the media now which obviously when we when we lost rise it was it barely a word barely mentioned so it's just having that knowledge of what is available and, and making your decision and then actually doing something about it and not to be uh sort of scaremongering in any way but
1: we all know we've been through this pandemic and we've all isolated a lot and are immune system has gone through the ringer a bit. Maybe it's a bit lower in some than perhaps mm. it used to be. You know, my grandmother always used to say, gotta eat a peck of dirt, you know, to, <laughs> to get sort of roughen up. <laughs> against all these things, right? But mm. I do know that having spoken to meningitis now, the foundation then the charity, that they're concerned that coming up in this new semester that there might be a bit of a flashpoint as that that shouldn't stop people going to university at all. Of oh, course, no. no. They've got to mm. know the symptoms. They've got... To... In fact, can you just enlarge a little bit about... I know that there's a lot of confusion, you know, that it can be confused for a hangover or, you know, just feeling a bit tired.
2: Yeah, the symptoms, which is why prevention is why we kind of angled our focus on the prevention with the vaccines. That was our kind of first focus to get that out in the in the marketplace because the symptoms, you know, in Ryan's case, and Ryan's case was exceptional, I must emphasise that, but he just had a bad stomach and a headache and was tired. There was, you know, you know your children better than any, anyone else in the world, and I wouldn't have left him if there was serious sign. The rash that people often relate to meningitis doesn't, is possibly one of the last things that's seen. So, you know, there could be other signs like a a stiff neck, vomiting, cold hands and feet might be another sign, confusion. But again, as you say, these can be so many symptoms of, you know, freshers flu when they're run down at uni, hangovers, now COVID. So I would say, again, be aware of those signs and symptoms definitely before you, and uh, another thing for your little preparation list if you are going for university is have the conversations with your family and your loved ones about those symptoms and as you say when you're there look out for your mates there'll be new mates as well They you need to stick together and if you're worried about anything call 111 and get some advice because how quickly you treat any illness is obviously paramount it's a lot
1: like, well, speed
2: is of the essence, isn't it? Because it's a lot like sepsis or like stroke.
1: Yeah. The earlier they can be treated, the better potential outcome that there can be. But it is yes. mates, look out for mates. I We're going to be putting a, a PDF that's downloadable on our website. And what I would really recommend parents do is send that PDF off with your kid to college. So they've got a little kit that it might sound yeah. like they're not listening to you at the moment. But when yep. they're worried about a friend, they think, oh, he, I remember mum said something about that one time. And yeah. trust your gut. I think
2: exactly that spidey
1: sense, that gut instinct, like your daughter clearly thought, even at 13, that was very mature yep. of her. Quite scary to phone an ambulance, Amazing. isn't it? I think she obviously really. reached a pivot point in her, her brain that said, no, no, something's definitely not right here.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, it's... It's how you react in a panic situation as well. So if there is something bedded in a little further than the front of your brain about something about the symptoms that you've read, or meningitis now have really clear symptoms cards that I know I know wallets. People don't carry wallets because everything's contactless, etc. Or it's just it's just in your, your coat pocket. Or we have fridge magnets that can go on the fridges at uni which are brilliant. So there's just that trigger point of, okay, this this may not just be a hangover or mm-hmm. flu. It, it is just thinking that there may be something else.
1: Thank you. Can't say more than that, really. Just look out for <laughs> each other and um, and support life for a cure as well.
2: If one person listens to this and uh, takes action and is, is more informed about meningitis than they were before, then that's worth that's worth everything to us as as Ryan's family.
1: So thanks so much to Michelle Bresnahan, who is the founder of A Life For A Cure that was set up in memory of her son, Ryan. She's done so much to raise awareness about meningitis. And all that Liz and I can really say is do have a chat with your children, do download the PDFs, do go to the resources on our website, com. And you'll find links there to Meningitis Now. If you want to donate to her foundation, A Life for a Cure, you'll find a link too. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages.
0: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming and seemingly endless array of devastating news. With the midterm elections right around the corner and the future of America ever uncertain, it's time for you to join me, John Arola, on my show, The Damage Report, which will be your life raft, helping you not only navigate the headlines, but truly understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Don't just take my word for it. Join in on the fun of the Dragon Squad, where you can become part of our wholesome and amazing community. Create your very own dragon nickname that fits your unique personality and collaborate with fellow progressives in a variety of fun and exciting ways. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.